Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome um, to episode 28 season two of the standoff with brad and richie here on new zealand sport radio we're here live every wednesday on facebook throughout the season good evening richie uh the regular season's in the books and um while there weren't too many surprises in this round the warriors saved their worst performance to last and it really soured the weekend for me what were your thoughts on the round did it ever i i'm only starting to um come right now that i can see your face mate um yeah that really put a dampener on things. Uh, other than our game, which was obviously the downer, there were some enjoyable games uh, in the NRL besides ours. Yeah, and while we're here live on Wednesday evenings at 8pm, you can also catch our show at your convenience on iHeartRadio. Just remember to search for New Zealand Sport Radio. As always, we're going to cover everything you need to know in the week that was Rugby League, including our top stories of the week. We'll then have a review of the final round matches and our picks and announce the winner of our picking comp. We will then um, answer some questions from all of you and some questions we have for ourselves. Um, before going in and previewing finals week one, making our picks, and hopefully time pending, um, do a quick rundown of what happened in the Super League. So remember to send us comments and questions throughout the evening, and we may as well just jump straight into the top stories, Richie. Yeah, let's go, mate. Uh, the first one's kind of, um, I, I wanted to wait until it was made official, and it was not that long ago, but the grand final is going to be held at Suncorp Stadium for the first time ever. It's also actually 2021 is the first time that Queensland's hosted all the major events. So they had the All-Stars at the start of the year, they had Magic Ground, all the State of Origin games, and now uh, the grand final. Um, unfortunately, Queensland teams weren't really that good. <laughs> the host, but um what what's your take for me i think it was kind of the the most logical option um due to the current situation but what are your thoughts on the big game going to suncorp yeah it had to be and and in brisbane it'll be really well supported you know that's a diehard rugby league sort of uh part of australia so Whatever rugby league you get in Brisbane and at Suncorp, it's always well supported. So, 
and with COVID, it, it was the obvious choice. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, it should be a, a good night there. Unfortunately, uh, no Warriors team in it, but it is what it is. So um, next bit of news is the NRLW competitions being postponed until early 2022 due to the COVID situation in Sydney. It's not the first time um, the women's competition has been mucked around with. Uh, it also means it's going to be a very busy year um, for the women in league next year because they're going to have two seasons of the NRLW next week, next year, as well as a World Cup. Um, Andrew Abdo has come out and said that they're going to be re-looking at how the women players are paid and looking at giving them a bit more bang for their buck, which I think is a good good move in the right direction. Um, unfortunately, there's been a bit of criticism that the the women involved weren't really involved in the decision-making around the postponement. Um, what do you think about making them play two seasons in one year? Uh, it's COVID coming to the party to, to ruin things again. Uh, you just feel for the, for the players, the women involved. Uh, I mean, it's not like the men, you know, a lot of them have, uh, aren't on proper full-time contracts and, and a lot of pay like like the their male counterparts and even with a lot of the Kiwi women now without a Warriors competition there's uh, some Kiwi women who have gone over to play in other teams and now are sort of stuck stuck, stuck over there. there so yeah there's all sorts of ramifications so I, I feel sorry for them uh, and now they're going to have a busy schedule next year for sure. Yeah, it's. Um, I feel like it's a bit of a pain and frustration, but if they're going to end up getting closer to being full-time contracted players, I, I think at least it's a step in the right direction. So yeah. hopefully the NRL come to the party on that front because uh, I think from what we've seen um, the past couple of years with the competition, they they deliver. It's It's great to watch. So it's only fair that it should become a, a full-time position for them like it is for the men. And uh, once you get that, you might be able to see more teams actually incorporate um, a, a women's team into their roster so we can actually have a full-fledged competition, which I think would be the goal eventually once I think yeah. the, the, the talent pool develops to the point where you can actually have you know 16 teams involved. Uh, but yeah, unfortunate for them, but at least gives us a lot more to talk about next season. For sure. Uh, next bit of news I know you'll be very interested in, but Paul Green's time as a Maroons coach has ended after just one year. Um, he has said the issue between him and Queensland was his desire to return to the NRL as a head coach um, in the in the future. I think, I think it's because he lost the series, in my opinion. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I feel like that would have been a question they would have asked when they interviewed him. And evening, Mark. Good to see you here. Hello, Mark. Um, yeah, I, I feel like that would have been a question that would have been in the interview process. So it would have already been addressed before he got the gig. So I am I, just speculating like I love to do. But I think it's performance-based, and they have decided that he's not going to get them where they want to be, especially with the stacked team New South Wales have. I was just going to say, and Mark's just take stolen thunder, I guarantee he was tapped on the shoulder. Yeah, 
that's that's one scenario I, I i sort of was thinking as well the other one is maybe there's writing on the wall at a couple of nrl clubs maybe there's you know there's murmurings with madge being on the outer at the tigers so maybe he has got a, a prospect lined up within the nrl but from from a results point of view I'm, I'm a bit disappointed because i was loving the results he was bringing to the queensland team <laughs> i was hoping he'd be on for another couple of years yeah, and my question for you, though, is now that he's gone, who takes his place? I know uh, Cameron Smith's kind of come out and said he's not interested. Um, do you think this is where they throw an experimental thing in and go Billy Slater or Jonathan Thurston? Maybe. I mean, those those three names, Slater, Smith, Thurston, all obviously legends of Queensland. I don't know. They don't really have any serious coaching credentials yet, do they? Or is this the perfect, the perfect intro because they're hardcore Queensland and it's not a whole NRL season where they have to coach just a three-game series? They do put a lot of weight on this three-game series in, in Australia, though. So, you know, it is supposedly their biggest stage. It would be quite, quite the introduction to coaching. I know Thurston's yeah. been doing the assistant gig. Um, I don't know. Do they do an SOS to Wayne Bennett? Potentially, he um, he is off contract and has no no job lined up. So maybe three games a year is is enough to keep his um, competitive juices flowing. Potentially, um, it could even be a stopover where they're like, "Can you fill in until we find the guy?" Or potentially bring in whoever they deem is going to be their their Queensland coach and have him under the wing for a bit. Um, get him in, mm. under the learning learning tree of one of the the best coaches around, and um, yeah, wouldn't be a bad shot. Yeah, we'll we'll have to keep an eye on it because um, they're going to start the process of figuring out what they're going to do in the coming weeks. So we'll hopefully have some news before we before we finish for the year. But time will tell. We'll we'll keep an eye on it, and. With the talks of um, NRL jobs potentially coming up, you kind of stole my thunder with the next bit of news, but Michael Maguire from the Tigers is under huge pressure to keep his job um, after a poor season. The Tigers have said they're going to do a season review um, in the coming weeks, and there's a lot of question marks over Maguire and the Tigers in general with their failure to be able to land any um, big names. Uh, it became a running joke. Basically, any player that was off contract, the Tigers were the new Warriors, where they're like, the Tigers are going to throw an offer at them, and they didn't get any, um, mm. which is unfortunate for them. Um, but what do you think? Do you think he has a shot um, of staying, or do you think they're going to move on? It's hard to say. Their, their season really has been a nightmare. I mean, I, I wouldn't pin it all on him. When you watch games like their game over the weekend, we'll cover it during our reviews, but uh, it looked like the players just gave up and, and had no desire. But is that on Madge or is that on the players? And the worry for them is they're going to carry out a review, but I think their problems go right up to the top. So who's who's doing that review? I, I've heard other uh, rugby league pundits talk about it too. It's like they need an independent review on the whole organisation rather than a internal review yeah i i feel like it's there there seems to be uh, a lot and the tales from tiger town doco 
hasn't really helped me have confidence in their their board or like the management above um, Michael. It's yeah. I I still rate him as a coach. Um, yeah, he was one that I was hoping would land the Warriors gig when the Warriors um, were looking. Uh, just because I I like him uh, and mm. his passion for the game has been evident in that that documentary series. Um, and yeah, Mark's just said the same thing. Um, it shows that he's got a lot of desire and belief in his current playing roster. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I think their their problems uh, stem further than coaching, which is nine times out of ten is always the case when this sort of stuff happens. Um, which is we, we, we'll get into it a bit more in my question to you about the Warriors. But um, yeah, I I'm always heavily against just it's not working. Let's keep all the same players, keep all the same management, and sack the coach, and that will fix everything because it. It generally doesn't. Um, so, yeah. And um, there's a good question from Simon saying, do you learn a lot about the West Tigers problems? I'm listening to Fergo and the League Freak podcast. Yeah, I, I listen to quite a few podcasts and you, you get a bit of insight in how some of these these teams go. <laughs> I'm not going to say who they are, Paul. I'll, I'll keep my podcast listenings to, to myself <laughs> here just to help you out. Um but a lot of them have current or former players on there, and you get an insight into how these these clubs work. And, um, yeah, it's really insightful how much um, impact some of these management go into um, making a team. Uh, if we go into the Warriors, I, I've let it know many a times that I think Wayne Scurrer was the death of the Warriors um, when he was in charge. Um, I know, I know Cameron George gets a lot of flack, um, but Wayne Scurra is hands down one of the worst guys that's run a, a rugby league team in quite some time. He he cost the Warriors many a player. He lost us Ivan Cleary. Yeah. Um, there's yeah, and the Warriors did the right thing there in moving him on, and um, but the damage was done. Um, so it just shows how those top dogs can really miss miss with um a, a team in their performance you can't always blame it on the coach and um next bit of news we'll, we'll get off that otherwise i'll be here for hours um <laughs> there was a lot of moving and shaking in um teams rosters we had the bulldogs and the tigers have decided not to recite quite a few players i had a list but i'm going to stay off the list because knowing our luck by the time we have our show next week half of those players might be signed up elsewhere so i'm going to wait there but Jaden braley has extended the stay with the newcastle knights which is a great addition for them yep um and russell packer has retired from the tigers um played 184 games for the warriors dragons and tigers i thought he was always a decent player but he had a few off-field dramas that kind of derailed his career a few times um, but yeah, I'm not too sure what he's planning to do now. He's hung up the boots. He's only still very young. I think he's still 29, mm. um, which is a very young time to retire. But, um, what are your thoughts on, on Russell Packer? You as a Warriors fan had had him in your team for quite a few years. Yeah. I'm an expert on, on props as well. Uh, 
yeah. learnt off you, Brad. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I choose to remember him by the by the good days that he was a sort of hulking figure in our under twenties and and made up a dominant front row there with Ben Matalino and then progressed through to our first grade side and and did some good stuff uh, back in the early two thousand tens before some off field things. <laughs> We won't list those, but yeah, um, sort of tainted his, his reputation a wee bit. But you know, with anyone retiring, I wish him all the best. And I'll, like I say, I'll remember the good times he brought to the Warriors. I still remember him and his uh, his face lighting up on the sideline when Sean Johnson set up Louis Brown in, in 2011 to put us in the grand final. It's, it's, yeah, I'll yeah. remember good times like that. Definitely, yeah. Um, I thought he was a. Uh... He was an underrated prop um, that he wasn't flash in the pan. He, he didn't do he, – he did the hard yard stuff, which is – as a prop, that's what I like to see. It's great to see, you know, the offloads or Steve Price running 40 metres for a try. Um, but it's it's all about how many hit-ups and how many metres, how many tackles, all the stuff that, that you generally don't want to do a lot of. All the you stuff you to. never did. Yeah, all the stuff I never did, um, <laughs> which is, um, but he was very good like that. He was at his at his best. He was a very good workhorse, which um, I think. I love. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's one more. I, I got two more before we get into naughty boy corner because unfortunately, round twenty five was full of a lot of naughty boys. <laughs> um, but. There's some rumours leaking around that Chanel Harris-Tavid is rumoured to test the market. Um, his current deal comes out at the end of 2022, which means he's free to speak to other clubs on the 1st of November. Um, two questions. First, what are your thoughts on his decision to test the market? And two, do you see him leaving? Shades of... It's taking me back to Sean Johnson. Uh, <laughs> Test in the open market. Um, perhaps. I, I saw him as someone that the Warriors were going to put in an effort to develop. I, I'm a fan of Chanel's. You know, he gets, he cops some flat from some corners in, in Warrior fan community. Um, you know, he, you got, got, got a bit of a divide there where a lot of people think he's got a lot of potential and then, um, other corners, they, they sort of throw a lot of flack his way. But people forget he's only a really young man. And I thought Sean Johnson coming would have been really good for his game and, and adding the extra extra strings to his bows in terms of his kicking game and last tackle options. So I'm in the camp where I hope he, he ends up staying, you know, test the open market, but then sees the light and decides to stay. But um, testing the open market, you know, sometimes it, it means they... He, they do find a, a way out to another club, but hopefully not from my point of view. It's testing the market's always a risky play for both sides. Yeah. Um, it's depending on what you're currently on. You're either going to end up, if you want to stay, end up getting a pay rise, or you could potentially be in a situation where you find out the grass isn't greener and you end up taking a pay cut. Uh, mm. That's... Um, it's just how it is. I feel like he will stay. Um, I think he's probably just just seeing what's out there. Um, I think it's not like we're going to hear he speaks on the 1st of November and by the 3rd of November he's signed with the Tigers because that's where yeah. everyone goes. Um, I think it's really 
gauging if there's any interest out there and testing the waters. And then I think once once he's in there pairing up with Sean Johnson and the halves next year, I think he, he won't want to go anywhere. Um, especially you think of his age, you think he, much like we grew up with the likes of Stacey Jones, he grew up with um, Sean Johnson. But mm. yeah, you just never know. Um, Mark's put in there, he's wondering if there's more behind the story. There has been yeah. a lot of rumors as we've spoken about the Warriors looking at guys like Dylan Brown and stuff. So they potentially might have already decided that Chanel isn't what they want to have and they're looking elsewhere. Uh, it's complete speculation. We obviously will keep an eye on the news. Um, we'll, we'll bug Mark because Mark talks to Chanel all the time. So we'll, we'll try to get the news from, from Mark there. Um, and yeah, Simon said Warriors should keep them. We should keep anyone, any New Zealand player, they're more likely to stay with the team. Yeah, it's yeah. You you can't force them to stay though. If it's he it's in his right to test the market. So if he's made that decision himself, I'm all for it. Um we'll just have to play it as it lies. Yeah, what Mark's saying is uh, I wonder that too, because in terms of being a half, he's still only an infant. He's not, yeah. you know what I mean? He's he, he hasn't had, it's not like he's had four or five seasons of first grade. If he's going out to test the market, he's, what kind of pay rise could he expect? Nothing, nothing astronomical. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so, yeah, we'll keep an eye on it and hopefully have some more news next week or later on, depending on when it develops. Um, and yes, <laughs> We'll get to him later. We'll get to him later. <laughs> um, and yeah, yeah. It's okay, Mark. You can keep it for your show. It's cool. We we know where we stand. It's fine. Um, before we get into Naughty Boy Corner, I got one bit. It's just a quick one, um, but it's a, a little bit of a palate cleanser because it's a bit of a a nice story um, that started in a poor way. Um, obviously, earlier in preseason, the Manly team lost Keith Tipness. Um, yeah, he passed away in preseason. Manly have um, decided that they're going to give his family his um, guaranteed contract money for this season. Um, they don't have to, but it's kind of a, a nice gesture from the club, um, especially with I'm not sure of his family situation, but with a lot of lockdowns and stuff, sometimes money can be a bit hard to come by. So, um Great move by them. I know we 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 spend most of our time talking about all the bad stuff, unfortunately. Um, so I just saw this pop up, and I thought it was a good thing just to mention um, a bit of good that um, rugby league's trying to do. So um, yeah, that was good news. So let's get into the bad with Naughty Boy Corner. Um, okay, Kane Evans and Josh McGuire have both accepted five match bans for their indiscretions in the final round. Um, obviously, Kane Evans was penalised for leading with um, the elbow and then for, for throwing his attempt of a punch again. Um, and so, <laughs> so um, I, fortunately for the Warriors, it means that the first five rounds next year, they won't have Kane Evans. Um, and then I've also got Reese Walsh and Matt Lodge have received one match bans. Um Seven players 
in total were received fines for dangerous or contrary conducts ranging from $750 to $1,900. I've got the players here. There's Chance Nicole Klokstad, um, Jeremiah Nanai, Mitch Rain, Jamal Fogarty, Jazz Tavanga, Jared Wallace, and Sean Bloor. And then Matt Lodge was also fined $5,000 for raising his middle finger to fans. Um, so, yeah, it, it's a, got a nice balance. We had the nice story from Manly, and then we have all of this. Um <laughs> Before we move on, what are your thoughts on the amount of naughty boys that we had in the final round of the regular season? A lot of it came from our game, which is a shame, and I will touch on that in the review in more depth. Um, yeah, not not really a big fan of what Evans has been trying to do in, in the last few games. Uh, I know he, that's... This incident obviously goes together with another similar incident and a couple of non-similar incidents, so that's why he gets the nice nice big uh, ban. I, I just wish it was a little bit longer. Maybe have his um, contract he registered or something. <laughs> no, I don't mean to be mean, but I, I really want Evans to learn from it. I kind of hoped he would have learned from it last time, but obviously not. Now he's going to have a nice long off-season to stew over it and hopefully... He works in on in the off season. He works on channeling that aggression, using it in a legal way during the game, um, because he's just letting his teammates down with with what he's doing at the moment. Uh, Lodge came out and apologised for what he did. So, uh, I'm, yeah, I think I think the moment just got to Lodge, and, and you know he just was wearing his heart on his sleeve and was playing aggressive, and, and I think he just let it get to him. Yeah, what's your take on everything? I know I'm going to get LB in the next video montage that you do. Um, first, Kane Evans, Kane Evans leading with the elbow, I thought was rubbish. You see that in every game. It just looked oh, bad. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Um, I fast forward back to the Cowboys Warriors game where Jason Tamalolo did the exact same thing to Ben Murdoch Masala and knocked him mm. out. And the Warriors didn't even get a penalty. Mm. Um it's it's one of those things where there seems to be you can't do it on defense, but you can do it on attack, like leading with your shoulder and whatnot. But they've changed it for this one moment. But it's Kane Evans, so I'm happy. Take him out as long as you want. I know Kane watches the show, and he he seems like a nice guy off the field, but he's got yeah. no brains. Um, he doesn't learn. He he never seems to have. He always has had this kind of reputation. Um. But, yeah, he is the biggest player on, in the competition almost, and he doesn't play like it. I, I said that last week. I'll keep saying it. Um, I feel like you get a lot more oomph um, out of Jazz Tavanga, who is the size of one of Kane's legs. And, yeah, they should never have signed him. Um, he's no Jesse Royal, but he's up there for one of the worst signings in Warriors history in my eyes. He may leapfrog past Jesse Royal by the time his contract's up. He uh, just seems he, lost. He used to be yeah. effective at the Roosters. You know what I mean? He, he used to, he used to for want of a better term, fold people. Fold people. Yeah. I won't use the word he used. Um, and he had some great runs in him, but he's, yeah, he hasn't brought that here. And he didn't have it at Parramatta either. Yeah. And Lodge pulling fingers at the crowd. Um 
I don't think it was worth $5,000. Um, it was probably in poor <laughs> taste, but I got to do a Q&A for members a few weeks back with Tohu Harris and Ben Murdoch Masilla. And one thing they both said um, was like, they're really looking forward to playing at Mount Smart because they get booed every week. And yeah. I feel like at the end, if you're getting booed for 25 rounds, um, eventually you're going to have enough of the fans. We've seen it um, back in the day when you were allowed to do things like this. Um, you think of all the times us as Warriors fans were giving stick to Willie Mason and things like that. And Willie would pull the fingers at the crowd and then go on playing. And no one <laughs> ever took a no one ever took offense to it. Um yeah. it's it is a different time now, I know. Um but I was more offended by the the Titans fan taking his jersey off and dancing topless um when they scored a try, then then Matt Lodge that was, the fingers. That was extremely offensive. Yeah. Brad, you, there's there's some tales of us standing at, at at the edge of the tunnel yelling obscene things to refs and, and opposition team players. So we know the players cop it from the fans. I wouldn't blame some of those people for giving us the finger. Yeah, <laughs> at the um, stand tunnel. Yeah, and Mark mentioned that um, Corey Horsbrough did the same thing last year and got no fine. That's right. I went back and looked at the articles um, to see what exactly happened and. The NRL hedged their bets um, enough and said that he was close to getting a fine, but he didn't get one due to the emotional um, situation he was in because he had got injured, which basically means that Matt Lodge has had a, a troubled past, so we will throw the book at him whenever he does something. Um, but he came out, like you said, and apologised afterwards. And yeah. Simon said he thought Mark Ellis was the worst Warriors player. Yes, I think I think you can get all of us in a room and we might all have different players. Um, I always liked Mark Ellis because of his personality. So that might have got him a bit way. And um, I try to be a bit more critical when it comes to front rowers. And Jesse Royal, I don't know if I ever saw him. Um, I don't see I don't know if I saw him um, ever successfully carry the ball. I felt like he dropped it every time. And he Dane Nielsen would have gone close. Dane Nielsen would have gone close. <laughs> yeah. We had, um, he was pretty poor. And Mark said, yeah, Corey Osborne actually gave the bird to cardboard cutouts. Yeah. And it's still it's still got criticized. I don't I don't know. Um I, I don't want Paul flagging the, the thug life card on me anymore. So we'll we'll move on. Um we'll get into um the round. Um Thursday night, we had the Roosters defeating the Raiders 40-16. to 16. Uh, What were your thoughts on this game? Oh, they finally put the Raiders to bed, the Roosters. They, <laughs> they put their season to bed well and truly. Um, yeah, it's pretty dominant from the Roosters. Seven tries to three. Uh, thought our our old boy, Adam Kieran, had a wonderful game. Got a, got a hat trick and, and looking dangerous all night. The halves were really good. I know Lachlan, yeah. Lachlan Lamb was in the halves this week and Drew Hutchison was on point as well. He was setting up a lot of their good plays, but after hanging in initially, the, the Raiders didn't have a lot to have a lot of answer for the Roosters, you know, and it was a a, a big turnaround from where they were against us. Well they weren't they weren't great against us the week before either, apart from the second half, but yeah, I think this game showed this was more of a reflection of their season and show they didn't really belong in that top eight this year. 
Yeah, it's we're gonna we're gonna talk about it a lot in this this review, uh, but they they had a lot to play for. Um, they were still trying to make the eight, um, and they they didn't live up to it. I, I know Ricky Stewart mm. was quite upset with them after the game. It's um it's been a disappointing year for the Raiders, and they didn't deserve to make the eight. But I also don't think the Titans, the Warriors. There was a handful of those guys that were in the mix yeah. the last couple of weeks. I thought all of them didn't deserve to be in there um, due to how the years have gone. Um, so there's always going to be two teams in the uh, top eight that you would look at and go, uh, they don't really get in. Saying that the Titans made it due to what they did to the Warriors, and I think they're the worst. They've got the worst win-loss record of a top eight side yeah. in quite they a do. few years, um, which shows how much of a, a drop there is in the levels of form. But yeah, Roosters, they're, they're still battling with all, all the injuries they've had. Um, yeah. Mark's actually said Rapana was outstanding for the Raiders. Yeah. I think he's yeah. probably been one of the shining lights for them this year. And you think he picked up their player of the year, didn't he? He did. Yeah. And I think he, deservedly he, so. You think if COVID didn't happen, he wouldn't be there. He, he had signed mm. a deal to play rugby union in Japan because they didn't want him. And because um, of COVID, they got him back. And, yeah, I'm worried to think what they would have been like this year without him, to be honest. He he got them out of trouble. He he, he got them out of trouble so many times. Um, and I, they got a lot of work to do to get back to the Raiders team that we all expect them to be uh, when it comes yeah. to next year. Um, obviously, losing George Williams didn't help them either um, when he packed his bags and left. But good to see the uh, the Roosters um, showing some strong form leading into the finals, though. Mm. Uh, that takes us to our first game on Friday, the Storm defeating Sharks 28-16. Uh, thought it was it was a lot closer than I, I thought it would be. Admittedly, the Storm did. They, they had a few players they decided to rest, but this team was yeah. still stuck. Um, their their second string side um, is it's not very bad. good. It's yeah. a very good side. Um, and the Sharks they put up some fight, um, but it was basically the scoreline looks better than it was because uh, the Sharks scored a try in the last five minutes to kind of reduce the lead the Storm had. But the Storm never looked in doubt, uh, as we've said probably ninety percent of their games this year, and. Um, I think Ryan Puppenhausen um, finally is starting to get his group back. I criticised yeah, him last week. It's um, it's any betting man watching know that any player that I rubbish this week is going to have a boom a week the next week. <laughs> so um, yeah, he 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 made me put my money where my mouth is. He played really well, and it's it's all about building. Once you're in finals, it's you just got to get that level and, and find a new, a new step every week and the storm are natural at it and i think yeah i don't know if there's anything else i can say so i'll let you take the floor no you covered it pretty well mate i mean it was dominant enough from the storm five tries to three that i thought the last try for cronulla that you mentioned was a bit dodgy the the pass was pretty forward in my opinion um but the game you know, Pappenhausen had a great game, and like like you say, we we were sort of talking about him last week or the week before about how he looked a bit gun shy since coming back. But he was anything but this week. He he was anytime somebody made a half break, he was right there on their hip, 
I think Harry Grant made a nice break in the second half and there was Pappenhausen out of nowhere popping up on his hip for, for a try and he ended up with three and, and he was looking more like the Pappenhausen from the start of the year. So great news yeah. for the Storm that that he's sort of found that vigour again and um, it, it only bodes well for them. It's a nice yeah. headache to have for Bellamy because, you know, wow, he's even if he wasn't playing great, he still had Nico Hines. So nice, yeah. nice problems to have for Bellamy. Yeah, it's always the way. He's got too many hookers, too many fullbacks. He's just got too many of everyone. Um, mm. Great position to be in. Um, I'm sure he's the envy of many, many NRL coach at the moment. Um, that takes us to the final game on Friday with the Panthers wiping the floor with the Eels 40-6. to um, Not really much to say about the Eels. The Eels are rubbish. Um, I, they're, they're pretenders. They... I, out of all those teams in the top eight, they're probably ones that are sitting there very, very thankful for an easy run at the start of the year. Um, otherwise, I don't think they would have made the eight if they had some of these these games at the front end of the season. I don't think they would have made it. Uh, Panthers just basically copy-paste everything I just said about the Storm. Um, it's uh, As much as some of these teams in the finals looking at who's in the finals you go there, they're not going to be there long. There's some really good teams hitting some good form, which is great. Um, great for watching it. Um, but yeah, I think all the usual suspects, um, Brian Tottle, Nathan Cleary, Nathan Cleary, I, again, another player I criticized last week, played really well this week. Um, mm. and yeah, Brian Tottle, he, he's just come back better than ever after his ankle injury, which is um, great news. For, for Penrith, but what do you think? Yeah, I, I agree with you completely. Total was outstanding, 243 run metres, uh, hat-trick of tries. That left edge for Penrith was devastating the whole night. Toto, Burton, Kikau, they were creating highlight real plays. I think you're being a bit harsh on the Eels, mate. They rested their halves and, and fullback. I felt, felt a bit sorry for for our, I felt a bit sorry for our old boy Hayes Perham coming in um, in a game like that, and he hasn't hasn't been playing all season. But yeah, I, I, I see what you mean. It should be a good game this weekend between Para and Newcastle. Um, be a tight one, but yeah, I, I don't think I don't think Para is going to. They may get past this weekend, but I don't see them going too much further. Definitely, and the. First game on Saturday with Broncos defeating the Knights 35 to 22. This one had me worried because this was the first game we had different in our tipping comp. And uh, they they obviously listened to you because Brisbane pulled out all the stops um, to send Alex Glenn off in his final game in style. Um, just polar opposite reaction to Darius Boyd's last game last year um, where they looked horrible. Uh, but was, yeah, a surprising game for me. I know um, the Knights rested some players, and um, as much as I didn't give leeway to the Eels for doing it, I'll give it to the Knights in this circumstance because the Knights have shown that without some of those players that he decided to rest, that they don't know how to play properly. So, um, yeah, it's unfortunate. I The Knights are one of those teams that are lucky to be in the eight, and I don't see them lasting that long. So um, 
yeah, resting them. I don't know if that was that wise, but yeah, it was good to see the Broncos end on a high and what's been a horrible uh, couple of years for them. And uh, I think they'll be better next year with some of the players that got coming in. But yeah, good to see them end the season on a high. I wish our team did the same. Absolutely, and they've been improving the last, you know, the last half of the season. They've shown a lot more. Yeah, and I think Milford again was really good this week. And he was at the forefront of a lot of their good things. Scored a try, had some try assists. Tessie New at fullback looks to have cemented that spot for me. I think he had a double this weekend as well as last weekend. So he's got a couple of doubles in a row, but he just looks really dangerous. Um, yeah, it was it was pretty convincing. Um, I, I'm not like you. I kind of hoped that they would have another season or two uh, right, right down bottom. You know, I've got a bit of a family rivalry where my dad likes the Broncos, so it's, <laughs> I quite enjoy seeing them not do too well. But they look to be building quite nicely for last year. You throw Adam Reynolds in uh, and a couple of others that have signed in, I think they'll, they'll, they won't be struggling as much as last year or this year. I think you'll find, in my opinion, I think you'll find they'll be pushing up towards the top eight and, you know, hopefully looking to be back to where they should be. Yeah. Definitely. And the next game on Saturday, we saw Manly defeat the Cowboys 46-18. Um, I'll let you start this one. Um, what did you think? Well, I was, I was surprised at how well the Cowboys were competing and they were keeping it tight. And, and they, you know, they looked to have some confidence off the back of what they did the week before. Um, and they skipped out and scored first through the hammer, putting the foot down and... and off, off a spilled ball and GG Jason Saab, the speed he showed to nearly catch him and, and it was only that the hammer fended him off. But the Cowboys were playing really well and, and I thought Jordan McLean uh, was showing a, a lot more than what he has over the past year or two for the Cowboys. They were looking good, um, yeah. but Manly only need a flick of switch and then they're gone. That's, that's what we know about Manly this year. And, man, they play yeah. some attractive footy. The tries they scored, the last one, not even a, not even a discussion for me. Try of the year, um, yeah. the the audacity to run from the for Garrett to run from his dead ball line and set that up when they already had the game well and truly in the bag, and we got to mention Garrett too. What a what a great year he's had, bagging three hundred and and the highest amount of points for a player in a season. That's that's pretty special. Shows how well they've gone after the first five six weeks. Yeah, and in context for anyone that didn't actually watch the game. What Richard means by the Cowboys competed well is this game wasn't that it wasn't a blowout until the final ten minutes. Um, yeah, and that's when the Cowboys flipped the switch. What I think it was, what was it? It was like twenty eight eighteen. They were behind by ten with ten to go. Yeah, it was only and a ten then, point spread. Yeah, and then they just turned the switch and got um, four tries a quick succession. Um, yeah, it's scary. Um, Manly scare me with how dangerous they can be when they flick that switch. Will they be able to do it against those guys like the Panthers and Storm? I think they could. And I think the worst thing for me this year as an NRL fan is my appreciation and kind of, I'm not going to say love, but my appreciation for Manly. Because um, Manly are my most hated team and they're not anymore. And that scares me as well. I've really grown to um, be affectionate for this team. So just, just to clarify, it was uh, with um, 
with 10 minutes to go, it was 18-24, so a six-point game. Oh, okay. yeah. um, and then uh, on, on 70 minutes, we had one, two, three, four tries, three of which were converted in the last 10 minutes, for the, yeah. uh, which uh, made it blow out. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I felt for the Cowboys because they, they were competing so hard and um, the hammer was injured within the first quarter of the game. So they, they had to shuffle Valentine Holmes back to fullback and put Jack Granville out in the centres where a lot of the game he was marking up on Tommy Trebojevic. So I thought they were doing so well to hang in. And then, like like we said, Manly just need to flick a switch and then they're gone. And Tommy was... Do you think that that has locked up a Dele M? How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Award for Trevojevic, that, that performance, Brad? Because he was, think, again, out of this I, world. I think so. I think he was already well ahead of the pack. Um, and then the, he he kind of lost his wheels a bit when he he had that like week or two off, but I I think he's head and shoulders above everyone else. I still think Cody Walker might sneak and be a lot yeah. closer, um, mm-hmm. but I'm no indicator because I didn't see um, Jack Whiten being anywhere near it um, when he won. So it, it's always hard to tell how some of these um, judges give the points. Um, but yeah, we'll see. But that takes us to the next game. Speaking of Cody Walker as king of the segways here, um, Rabbitohs defeated the Dragons 20 to 16. Uh, my new favorite team to hate, the Dragons, um, actually looked uh, reasonably competitive here. Um, again, another team that didn't have all its stars though. But um, Rabbitohs, they know what to do to win. Um, they, they didn't do anything silly. They didn't hit the switch like Manly do. Um, mm. They just did what they needed to do to get one. Um, but, yeah, they had, what, no no Cody Walker. Um, no no Adam, Adam Reynolds. No obviously, no, obviously no Luttrell. Yeah. But um, basically all their big boppers weren't playing, um, and they, they still got the job done, which is good to see. 
but the Dragons, again, were a team that had nothing to play for but pride. And they got they they lost, but I think they could still hold some pride in their efforts. Um, they didn't get blown off the park. They they stayed stayed competitive. Um, they're still wooden spoon for me next year. Um, I'll keep saying it till I get it right. So I don't see their seasons getting better. Well, I think they were. I think they weren't going so great. I know it was fourteen 0 at half time and. They were giving away some pretty easy tries. I know Revelaro get, um, failed to field a grubber and and, and the Rabbitohs scored off that. Um, I think it may have even been close to 20-0 and then the scoreline flattered the Dragons a wee bit towards the end with Tyrell, Tyrell Sloan um, scoring a couple of nice tries late. Um, boy, he's got some pace. A couple of his tries were really nice, really, really fast. He's a prospect for the Dragons going forward, but... Yeah. I thought the Rabbitohs did a decent enough job, given that they had a de- debutante in um, Lachlan Ilias and at, at halfback. I thought Benji did a good job to lead the young guys around, um, and Blake Taff as well at fullback, filling in for uh, Latrell Mitchell, who's who's in Naughty Boy corner for the rest of the season. So, I thought I thought they did a decent enough job to put away the Dragons, even though the Dragons had a late flurry. Yeah. I still don't have see them going that far in the finals, but the mm. Rabbitohs are still a scary team when they get everything um, clicking, uh, especially yeah. when they bring those big boys back. Um, they, they could trouble some people. I don't see it, but time will tell. Um, so we'll get into the first game on Sunday. Um, this one, there's not really much to talk about. I'm sorry, we're having to uh, censor this section of the show uh, because it could cause just too much pain um, and anguish for uh, for our listeners. So uh, um, do join us uh, later on when we get past the uh, the, the, the censorship. <laughs> um, I wish we could just move past this game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I actually feel a bit embarrassed because um, Paul, you watched this. Um, I, I watched some of it to be fair. So it's Paul's fault. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So we'll blame Paul for this because he doesn't generally watch. Um, but yeah, the Titans defeating the the Warriors forty four nil. Titans needed to win um, by eleven or more to make the eight. And one thing I before we even get into the game, I didn't like. It was infuriating seeing the little box down the bottom of the ladder to show where the Titans were. Um, but yeah. Positives first, the Warriors, uh, well, both teams were playing really strong attacking football at the start. Basically, both sets, um, whenever they had the ball, they'd go the length of the field. Warriors almost scored um, off effectively their first couple of sets with Ewan Aitken losing the ball over the line and then Matt Lodge losing the ball as well. And that was my key factor in this game. Um, Beside the fact that they didn't know how to tackle, the Warriors couldn't hold on to the ball to save themselves. Yeah, um, they were just dropping it left, right, and center. Um, and yeah, the Titans just they just kept the pressure on, unfortunately. Um, as a Warriors fan, um, unlike Paul, I was doing a, a live match report, so I couldn't change the channel. But I feel like this game might have been the first game in a long time that I would have. It was, it was just horrible to watch. Um, yeah. They, the Warriors, there was just, yeah, there was no defense at the start from either team. 
then the Titans started learning or started stopping the Warriors, putting pressure on them, which made more errors. And the Warriors' defense just looked horrible all the time. Simon, yeah, Simon said he wanted to congratulate the Titans for being the best Queensland team and getting into the playoffs. Yeah, um, they squeaked in, but they made it. Um, they, I said they'd make the eight, but I also said the Warriors would. Um, and yeah, Mark said that there was 39% possession and only 56% completion. Yeah, when you're only getting the ball for 39% of the time and then you're barely holding onto it for half of that time, you're not going to win. Um, I thought they were hard done by when Dallin looked like he scored when they said there was a forward pass. Um, that was a try. I thought it was a try. Not that it that made a any difference in the no. scheme of things, but um, but yeah, I feel like after after that happens, I feel like that's when the wheels came off. After that that call, that's when it kind of went it went to crap. And yeah, Simon basically said exactly what I was just about to. Um, that was the draw that's broke the camel's back, and the team wanted to go home or fight. Um, couldn't mm. have said it better myself. So it it, it got to that point, and um, yeah. You can't condone having a bit of a um, uh, a pull apart and stuff, but Reese Walsh came in and defended Rocco Berry when Rocco Berry was getting a bit of a push and shove, which does happen, but tempers were already flaring. So when someone does a little bit more than they need to, you're going to get um, a bit of pushback. And I'm trying to look positively at it to show that the team is there to support each other probably got to think a bit better um and then philip was it philip sammy i think was doing like a seal clap which made jazz tavanga run in silly from jazz but when i saw philip sammy doing it i had the same instinct you would have done the same (laughs) i was very upset (laughs) seeing him clapping like a seal and being a dick and i i was yelling i was yelling things um at the TV, and yeah, Mark said he didn't think there was much in the Berry incident. Yeah, there wasn't. It was an overreaction from Walsh, but I think it goes back to that um, they were just done. Um, they were over it. I think anything that anyone was going to do was going to flare up, which we saw um, uh, one minute later when Matt Lodge did a, a late tackle that wasn't that bad, um, but it flared up again, and then that's when... Um, Kane Evans showed why he will never get a boxing contract anywhere because that guy does not know how to throw punches. Um, and there was no need to throw punches. You could do, if it, he could do exactly what he's doing now with a push and not get simbined because it's um, it wasn't in there. And yeah, Mark said it wasn't a late tackle. Yeah, I, I thought it was fine. He was, those big boys, you can't stop on a dime. Um if you're running in to try to make a try-saving tackle and then the ball passes, you can't just freeze and, and play. Um, again, that's that's my my take on it. But, um, yeah, horrible way to end the season. It really put a dampener on my my week, my year, my life. Uh, but you're wow. in the chat for oh, Well, I was, I was just going to say that, 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 that late tackle, I, mean, I, I said to him when we were – on our Facebook uh, messenger chat that if he hadn't been running around trying to put late hits in and trying to rough people up and looking for a card, he probably would have got away with that one. But because yeah. 
he had been asking the referee to get to, to card him. Mm. Uh, it was, yeah, the referee was looking for it. Yeah. But yeah, it's unfortunate. Um, but yeah, what did what did you say before I thought it before we move on to the last game, Richie? Are you okay, Brad? Oh, I, I this year's been <laughs> been brutal. I mean, it's yeah. I, I mean, what 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 can you say about it, mate? Eight tries to nil. Mark already touched on it. Fifty six percent completion. I think it was like sixteen sets out of twenty nine completed. You'll never win a game like that. Um, nine nine line breaks to zero. It's about as dominant as you want, and I think uh, Jane Campbell. It's been talked about a lot. He's a, pl- a lot of promise with him, and he was outstanding. For feeder, we've we've sort of asked questions of him during the season, you and I, Brad. But I think he got a double, which put him up to seventeen tries for the year, which is most by a Titans player in a season. So. It's not not half bad actually for feeder when you look at that seventeen tries for a for a forward that's pretty good effort. Um, yeah, I think we just like Mark pointed out as well frustration. I think we dropped our heads, um, and that was what was most disappointing for me is that we dropped our heads, uh, let ourselves do silly things, which put us down to 12, 12 men and oh. T- it was 11 at one point, wasn't it? It was 11 at one point. Um, yeah, you should never be in that kind of situation in a game. And that's what was most disappointing for me, was, uh, how we deteriorated and, and just let, let ourselves succumb to that level. And yeah. it was it was embarrassing as a fan, to be honest, um, to get to get held to a donut in the last game on top of that. Um, yeah, it leaves a sour taste in your mouth for a whole off-season and... Uh, I hope the boys stew on it and come out firing next year because of that. Yeah. So yeah, we'll 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 strike strike it, and that never happened anymore. And we'll go on to the last game of the round, which um, was another blowout. Two blowouts um, and two teams held to zero on the final two games of the season of regular season with the Bulldogs smashing the Tigers thirty-eight nil. Um, this was the one game we both got wrong. Um, this so I didn't see this coming. I, I know I thought the Bulldogs might be competitive against the Tigers, but I didn't see this type of performance. And um Nick Meany, who is leaving the Bulldogs, um, was a standout. Um he he really wanted to end his time in um a Bulldogs jersey on a high, and he did that. And um a lot of those players, knowing they were playing their last game as a Bulldog, really stepped up. Yeah, that yeah. Hopawadi. Dylan Napa, Sione Katoa. Um, yeah, it's, I don't know what to say about the Tigers. Um, they, they had a couple of injuries, but they just were bad as well. Um, they didn't know what they were doing with the ball in hand, but what did you think about this? I think you saying they were bad has been kind, Brad. I thought they were woeful. Um, Mark in the comments there has used the word pathetic. I think he's he's pretty much on the money. Um, 38-0 to a team that has won two games all season. I think yeah. this game also, after after that scoreline, it means the Tigers actually conceded more points this season than the Dogs too. <laughs> so there's a little stat for you. But they were terrible. I mean, I felt good for the Bulldogs because obviously – um, they've had an extremely tough year. I felt 
you said Meany had a great game. He was dangerous all day. Um, I felt really good for Jack Hetherington getting his first NRL try. Uh, yeah, that was fantastic. Um, but for me, yeah, this game was just about how poor the Tigers were, and it kind of sums up their season and almost similar to us. It's, they've almost paralleled us. Um, yeah, they were really, really poor. A um, lot of poor defensive efforts, and when your leaders like, um, uh, well, they were all doing it. They're all jersey grabbing. Um, I'm not even going to single out a player. And yeah. they had a couple of sinbins too. They had Lu uh, Luciano Leilua um, or sinbin for a professional foul right on the goal line. I thought it was quite funny him sort of arguing to the ref, almost not wanting to leave the field. Kind of summed up where their season has gone as well. They look frustrated like us. A lot of actually talk in the media about maybe the players are doing that to seal Madge Maguire's fate. Do you read anything into that? Nah, I don't think so because, yeah, I feel like a lot of them really get on with him, judging from the, the doco series that we've watched. And I know um, Leilua and the... Uh, um ryan james um have both come out and said that they back mcguire that could be to save face i don't know but um mm. as we mentioned earlier i don't think he's the problem there um yeah i don't think so either it goes right yeah. to the top unfortunately i don't see them getting better i know i just said the dragons are going to be wooden spooners but i think your safe money would have to be on the tigers to be wooden spoon next year um, well no one wants to go there now no one wants to go there. Um, they've let some players go. It, it doesn't. It doesn't look good um, for them. So, if if Maguire does survive um, the preseason, he may not be in the the regular season for very long. If they continue this track, um, wrong decision in my eyes. But it will give us something to talk about next year. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, so that is the regular season done and dusted. So we do we would usually show you a beautiful ladder, but there's no ladder to show anymore. So we'll just say our picks. We both got six out of eight. Um, you got the Knights Broncos um, game right. I got the Titans Warriors game right, unfortunately. And then we both got the Tigers Bulldogs game wrong. So that meant that I won the competition, um, as we all knew would happen. Um, a hundred and 142 out of 192 games, and you were miles behind me um, at 141 out of 192. So um, as Paul had put out on Twitter and everything, when it went into that Titans-Warriors game, it was down to whoever won that game won the tipping comp, but we didn't expect to see what we saw. So it kind of took the... Um, the joy of winning the tipping comp out. I was going to um, say, how did it feel winning off of that result? Yeah, it wasn't great. Um, I was happy to to lose the tipping comp because it meant the Warriors won. So yeah, um, yeah. Any so that was yeah that was the regular season. And before we go into talking about finals, is there any questions from the chat, Paul? Uh, no, it's um, just all been sort of chatting about stuff rather than actually asking questions. But yeah, no, the it's uh, no no questions from the chat. Cool. We've got questions for ourselves anyway. Um, so we may as well, we started with me last week, so let's start with you. What's your question for me? Well, now that we're done and dusted for the year, Brad, nice and easy one. Who's impressed you from our squad this year? 
and who has disappointed you the most and reasons for that? Why? Okay. Um, player Warrior that's impressed me the most. I've already taken out players that I expected to do well. So I've wiped off Adam Fanor Blake. Um, I've wiped Reese Walsh. Um, and I've gone with Marcelo Montoya. Um, nice. When they signed Marcelo Montoya, I wasn't against the signing. I, I thought he'd be a great backup if we had an injury to one of our wingers. Um, and then he ended up basically being a mainstay. And, you know, he's not going to go out there and score four or five tries a game, but he always gave 100%. He ran the ball hard. Um, he's been defensively bad at times in his career, and I thought he improved defensively and under the high ball. Um, wasn't a, a guy that I'd say is going to be like warrior of the year by any means, but I think week in, week out, you he was dependable, um, which is a lot more than I thought when he would come. Uh, so he is my pick for for the player that impressed me the most. Um, terms of player that disappointed, I've got two. Um, Ooh, Cody, juicy. Cody, Cody Nicarima, I think, disappointed me. I expected more out of him behind the big forward pack that we got. And I feel like um, I was compiling for my weekly reviews because I'm in the process of doing my season review for my website. I compile, I pick a warrior of a game, a warrior to improve. And he was my warrior to improve six or seven times this year. Um, and when you consider he missed games as well, that shows how much um, he had. But Kane Evans is in there too. Um, I think Cody, yeah, Cody just didn't live up to the potential I set for him. Kane Evans didn't show anything at all. Um, it's yeah, he we we already talked about him at length. So same reasons apply. I don't think he offers anything to the club. So he really disappointed me, but he's only an add-on to Cody because he was already a disappointment to me before we signed him. So um yeah, that's all I've got there. Um who did you have? Did you have anyone in mind for either? I, I mirror your sentiments completely when it comes to the two disappointing guys. I would have gone exactly the same there i completely agree with montoya i think he's been a more than sound player for us and and it's proved to be a really handy signing i would have thrown karen in there as well i think karen's really come of age this year um but yeah i'm i'm pretty similar to you yeah um i've added to my question um so i gave you my question early but i've kind of added to it because of more some more stuff but it kind of flows in with it um there's been a lot of criticism thrown at Nathan Brown and the Warriors after their poor season. Do you agree with this criticism or not? Now, the criticisms um, you would have read or heard about Tony Kemp's interview about recruitment. <laughs> yep. Um, this was really just a segue so I could um, have a go at Tony Kemp after you answer. Um, so what are your thoughts on the criticism and if it's valid or not or if there's somewhere in the middle? All right, let me get Kemp out of the way first, okay? Um, I think Kemp has a bit of a chip on his shoulder when it comes to the Warriors organisation since he got fired as coach. That's just my opinion. I may be way off the mark, but he's he always comes across quite critical over 
certain things to do with the Warriors and Warriors' decisions in the media nowadays. Um, I think he's way off the mark in terms of recruitment. I don't know. I think he had a pop at our recruitment. Um, I think our recruitment's been quite good. Um, yeah. I think he had a pop at Egan, and Egan's been sound. He called Egan a defensive liability when uh, I think he's top 10 in NRL for tackles made, and his um, percentage is really high too. So I yeah, think I've got I've got the stats here because I read go. the interview and then I decided to put in my counters. Um, I know he won't he won't want to have a debate with me. Uh, he's he's a coward. But um, yeah, he said that um, Wade Egan can't tackle. Um, yeah, he he played twenty games for the Warriors this year, made eight hundred and eighteen tackles with forty six missed. Forty six sounds like a lot, but he actually ended up with Not a percentage wise. 94.7% tackle efficiency rating. Um, exactly. Putting him, putting him I, I think he fell below the top 10 in the end. Was it below? He's still, yeah. He's still up there. Um, and he talked about nepotism, saying that Peter O'Sullivan's signing his son-in-law and signing his son to the club. I agree that that doesn't look good, but that doesn't look good if those players are coming here earning millions of dollars. Um, they got Matt Lodge, who was like a 900,000-year player, for half that. They got Sean Sullivan here on minimum wage. So that's not nepotism. That is maybe giving you a leg up. But Sean O'Sullivan, I think, has filled in quite well as a backup half, which is what he is. Yeah, um, 100%. It's, it's nepotism if you bring him in a million dollars a year and say he's our starting halfback every week. That's nepotism. No, not tell me, give. tell me that Matt Lodge signing's poor. That's a that's a great signing, even with what happened on the weekend. Um, yeah, they're, they're trying yeah. to point out all the suspension stuff. I still think he's a good signing. Um, he's got a he's got to toe that line more. Obviously, he mm. he's going to get. It's like Jack Hetherington. If you step yeah. a toe on the line, you're going to get pinged. Um, yeah. but we know that. But he is good money. Um, he criticised the club letting. Isaiah Papali'i go. He decided to go. Um, yeah. They did offer him a contract. He didn't want to stay. Um, yeah. Mate, could they have done more to keep him? Potentially. But in my opinion, the way he performed in his last year as a warrior, I wanted him gone anyway. He mm. has bounced back and playing really well for the Eels. Um, but he wasn't playing great for the Warriors either. So, um, but yeah, I've taken over your question. Go back to <laughs> Oh, you're doing it very well though, Greg. Um, no, I... I, I agree completely. Um, I think Kemp, I, I'm not going to give him any more airtime because I think what he's saying is just rubbish, just salty rubbish, um, and he's way off the mark. Um, any other criticism towards the club, Nathan Brown, this year? I mean, it's hard to defend because we missed the eight, and look how we finished. Um, you do throw in some factors. This is our second year away from home. Uh, we had a lot of injuries, not not quite as bad as the Roosters, but, you know, not far off. And and we very seldom this season could we settle on the same squad, playing squad twice in consecutive weeks. Um, our squad was chopping and changing week by week, whether it was injuries, suspensions. So there are some factors that that made it hard for us, but... At the end of the day, it's it's all results and missing the season again. Um, and I think now we've made the se- the finals one year out of the last 
well, since 2011, you know, and that's 2018. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's hard to defend. And I'm not of the opinion that you sack Nathan Brown right away because he's only had one season with us. And, and like I say, he's had a lot of factors that have made things difficult. Um, I think you give him another season, have a nice strong off season. Hopefully next season our injuries aren't as bad and see how we perform then. If we're talking the same discussions this time next year, then you start having a hard look, I think. Yeah, what do you reckon? I think my biggest criticism for Brown has been some of his selection choices. Um, yeah. Kane Evans, for a big example, Kane Evans, after that game where he got Simbin twice, it should have been yeah. the last game this season um, for Kane, but then he brought him back. Um, it's, yeah, but you can't, I don't like throwing like, the, the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah. It's been the Warriors' biggest problem. You talk, they, It feels like they get a new coach every year. Um, yeah. You you can't get better unless you set a platform and build on it. Um, if you keep taking that platform away, uh, it doesn't look good. Um, and yeah, so I'm saying I just looked at table for last year. They finished uh, 10 and they finished 10. Yeah. Um, yeah. They, I think, yeah, there are criticisms, but um, I think the Tony Kemp stuff was off mark. He lost me when he said recruitment has been awful because I yeah. look at the, re- if you look at who they recruited this year, they had Adam Fenor Blake, Matt Lodge, who have both done well. They Reece got Walsh. Reece Walsh. Josh, oh, well, Josh Curran was in recruitment this year, but Marcelo Montoya has done. Sean well. Johnson. Sean Johnson for next year. Dallin Watini Zizniak has done well as well. So there hasn't, the only one out of the recruitment pool that has done bad is Kane Evans. Um, yeah. So, yeah, recruitment's not that bad. Um, there, there is a lot of work to do. Um, we can't just gloss over that fact. But, um, yeah, let him, let him have a decent run at it. You also put in the fact that preseason, they had preseason separate like, mm. um, this season, which probably doesn't help. Um, a lot of the players didn't even deal with Nathan Brown for the first couple of months because he decided to come to New Zealand and be with the the New Zealand talent before going back over. We're going to it's but they're going into their third year away from home, and the excuse of being away from home was starting Winston. to wane. And yeah. So um, essentially, you're going to have basically the entire squad has been based in New Zealand in Australia. Um, a lot of the players that have left were New Zealand based players. There's only a handful that are, have a home base in New Zealand. So that is going to wear thin, but you've got to give them a chance to build something before you take everything away, in my opinion. Mm. We'll see how positive I am if this is where we're sitting this time next year, though. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that will take us into our preview um, of the first week of the finals. So um, if Paul can bring up our little picture um, and we'll do our picks at the same time. Um, so that's our little our little finals there. Friday night, um, we have the Storm and Sea Eagles. Who have you got in this one, Richie? I've gone with the Storm. Um, it was, oh, it was really one of the harder games. I've gone Storm too. Look, I, yeah. Before the show, Brad told me he's changed one of his picks. I thought this might be the one. It's not, um, it's not the one. Okay, uh, I've gone Storm. I, it's really tough. 
you know, all it will take is for um, Manly's big guns to have a really good game, and I think that could go right down to the wire. But, um, yeah, it's tough to pick against the Storm for me. Yeah, same here. Um, I think Manly, as we said, they can be dangerous to anyone. But I, I think that um, they're going to lose this one here, and I still see them going going deep. Um, yeah. But yeah, next, next game we have the Roosters-Titans. I've gone with the Roosters. Um, I know that the Titans look good against us, but I think the, the Roosters um, are just a better team. Um, it all depends. For the Titans, it all depends what David Fafita shows up, in my opinion. And I think the Roosters will have the edge here. Yeah, I think we made the Titans look good. That's just my opinion. Um, when I look at the eight finals teams, I see a couple of teams where it's like where I think a couple of these things are not like the others. Titans are one of those. So. And yeah, I think the Roosters will be too good. Yeah. Next game is the Panthers Rabbitohs. I've gone with the Panthers. Um think yeah, the Rabbitohs. They, they look okay, but the Panthers and the Storm, I think, are the top two right now, so I expect them to go through quite easily in the first round. Yeah, these two teams had a dress rehearsal a couple of weeks ago against each other, and the Panthers ended up winning that, even after a bit of in a bit of adversity at the start of the game. Yeah. I think this, Panthers, this version of the Panthers that'll be coming this weekend is better than that version with um, a couple of their big guns back, so, or that left side looks lethal. Um, I think Panthers will get this one done pretty easily. And final game of the round, Eels versus Knights. I've gone with the Knights. Um, That's I, the one you picked. I said earlier on that the Eels are rubbish. Um, and I, I think the Knights, they, they gave their, their stars a, a little bit of a rest. Sometimes that backfires, but I am... I don't. I, I think the Eels have been absolutely rubbish, and I think the Knights will have enough to get the edge on them here. Well, I disagree. I think the Eels will get it done. <laughs> I think both teams rested a bunch. I think, <laughs> yeah, exactly. The Knights are another team where I thought um, they've had a better last month or two, but big chunks of that season. They were really, really poor, admittedly without Mitchell Pierce for a good chunk of it and without Ponga for chunks of it. Um, both sides rested a bunch of players over the weekend. I I just think with with all their stars back, I think the Eels will get it done. But we'll see. Maybe you maybe you beat me to the punch here. Yeah. Right. I am the, the better picker, so I think we've got it. <laughs> I've got it right here. But um, you're allowed your opinion. Um, so it's cool. Simon's picks, he had Storm by 12, Titans by 6, Panthers by 8, and then he put Eels, Knights by 6. So, Simon, do you say that Eels are going to win or the Knights? He's um, agreeing with me, I think, Eels. You, you've, you've picked both <laughs> of theirs. So if you let me know which one you've got, um, be cool. But uh, Simon, uh, not Simon, sorry. Paul, if you want to pull up the other image again, please. Um, we'll just have a quick look. Um so if we're going with our we've most of our picks we've done right so we're saying the storm and the panthers are going to have a week off yeah after winning um which yeah. would technically mean that the rabbitos will play either the eels or knights we're, we're different on that opinion but then we will say manly will be playing the roosters and our Good picks games. so um i feel like that uh, if we're if we're spitballing here, 
how would you okay so simon said the knight so he he's picked right um so that well done um so what would you if you're looking at all those teams now what would you say now that we can see how it's going to flow would be the grand final you want me to crystal ball gaze so i can i'm saying i'm saying the storm won this weekend so that's they go through to the the preliminary final um I think then Manly will come up against the Roosters. I think the Manly the, the Manly Seagulls will get that one done. Uh, just their form and the Roosters' injuries. So then that will leave the Panthers winning and getting a week off, and that'll leave the Rabbitohs playing the Eels, in my opinion. You think Knights. Um, and that one's going to be a real tough one to pick. I'm going to say Rabbitohs. Um, so then what we're left with will be Storm versus Eels. No, Rabbitoh, sorry. And Panthers versus Manly. Manly, yeah. To decide the grand final. What do you yeah. reckon? I think it's going to be Storm-Manly final. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think I so think too. That, I think so I as think, well. I think Storm and Panthers will get their week off and then I think Manly will beat the Panthers and Storm will beat the Rabbitohs. Well, I think I think Manly versus Panthers could go either way. It Put could, it that way. Yeah. yeah, I'm just yeah, I'm just pulling my prediction out now. Um, I think the Storm are home and host for the grand final. You never know, but um, if I were a, if I were to hedge a bet, I'd say that they would be a certainty for the grand final. It's just going to be a toss of a coin between Panthers and Manly. Yeah, and Simon asked a question saying, "What do we think of the revised, um, like the the system, the the McIntyre or the McKinnon?" Um, either way, it always confuses me. I I'm very basic as a front rower. I like the idea of there being eight teams, and then it's just quarterfinals, semifinals, finals. None of this week off switching. Just have one verse eight, two verse seven, like that. Winners go through, losers go home. Um, I don't like second chances. Um, like two teams that lose the first week get a chance the second week. It it it, it pushes, it makes it a bit longer. It's cool, I guess. Um, but what did you think? I like I it. Just... Yeah. <laughs> Generally, the teams anywhere from sort of six down to eight are the first teams to lose anyway, and then they're out. Um, but yeah, I think it's cool. I'm a fan. Yeah, Simon C does like the idea of awarding the top four teams. Yeah, it's yeah, I agree. It, it is an award for um, getting it, but yeah, I don't like awarding people that lose. It's I don't know. It's just me. Um, I think if you lose, you should be gone. But we've never, yeah, I, I feel like we've never really been in that position as a Warriors fan. Um, well, the teams in the top four that are losing are losing to the best teams anyway. So exactly, yeah, it's it's yeah. better that I yeah, in that way it's better this way where it's the top four playing each other because yeah. before it used to be like you go back to when one the versus storm, eight when one versus eight when the storm lost to us and we won yeah and that effort Melbourne should have been gone you know, if you lose to the the worst team <laughs> in the playoffs you should just yeah. be eliminated um, but yeah it's it's yeah I understand it in that sense sense um yeah so yeah that's our picks we're all the same bar the last game so we'll at least have a leader going into the second round 
finals tipping is a new competition so we we start it fresh so richard has a chance to redeem himself um and yeah before we sign off we have gone a bit long again i'll just quickly cover our super league news so um the catalan dragons as simon mentioned last week had a chance to win the minor premiership they have done that now um after their golden point field goal win against saint helens um they beat saint helens 31 30 but they were trailing um 30 to 12 um in this game before they surged back in the second half to draw level to go into extra time um great game James Maloney with the field goal um, to get them the win and seal the minor premiership for them. Um, so that was great. Uh, in terms of the rest of the games, though, um, we had Castleford defeated Salford 29-18. The Catalan-St. Helens game, um, which was 31-30. Another one-point game with Leeds defeating Hull FC 25-24. Wakefield defeated Huddersfield um, 32-18. Warrington, unfortunately, defeated Wigan 10-6. And then Lee, unfortunately, continued their track of getting smashed, um, losing the whole KR 44-6. to um, So it was quite, it looked like some quite interesting games there. It's, um, yeah, great for Catalans to get the minor premiership. Simon's yeah. mentioned the first non-English team to win the, the minor premiership, um, obviously being a team um, set in France. So it's um, great, great for them there. Um, I'd prefer it if it was Wigan myself, but, you know, I can't have everything. Um, but there's some good matchups looking at it for the next round. Um, we've got St. Helens versus Leeds, Hull FC versus Wigan, Warrington versus Salford, Catalans versus Huddersfield, Hull KR versus Castleford, and Lee versus Wakefield Trinity. Um, yeah. And yeah, Simon said um, the French team in the English second division is also. Um, has won the minor premiership. So they, there's a big chance there's going to be two French teams in Super League next year, obviously with Lee looking destined to be relegated after having their first year. Um, before we sign off, there's actually an interesting question. You, Richie, we're, we're both County's Manukau boys. Yeah. Um, when they brought promotion relegation into um, the NPC, we're getting into rugby union here, but there is a reason. Don't, don't run away because I'm mentioning rugby union. Um, when they brought the promotion relegation and you saw um, counties kind of get slaughtered, they would get relegated, dominate in second division, but then start losing all their players because their players don't want to play second division. And then they would get a chance to go up and then they'll come down again because they didn't have the players. Do you see that promotion relegation hindering the Super League? Like you'll have a team like Lee who get their chance get slaughtered every week, then get pushed out again. Um, and then you get like this French team, if they come up, will they get slaughtered every week? And then you just have like the two teams switching all the time and potentially not being able to get a marquee player to come to your team, knowing that you're potentially going to be dropped straight away. Um, I think you're not addressing the elephant in the room. Uh, Canterbury is robbing all of um, County's Manukau's players. Um, we're not. We're not getting into that. <laughs> uh, I don't mind promotion relegation and certain competitions. You know, adds a bit bit of excitement towards the end of the year and bit of extra incentive if you're down the bottom of a ladder to keep fighting hard. Um, yeah. So you, you see the NPC. You also see it in um, football, Eng English Premier League. Um, you know, 
if you're right down bottom, uh, it's a guaranteed way to keep fighting hard so you don't end up relegated. So in that sense, I don't mind it, but I, I see your point. I see I see your point. Not a lot of people want to stick around to play uh, second fiddle competition. Yeah. Yeah, and the, Simon's mentioned that um, UK promotion relegation is part of their culture. Um, Paul might know a bit more about that, being one of those, those Northern Hemisphere people. Um, but the second French team does have a £2 million salary that's actually probably the only fully professional team in that second division. But mm. he is also against promotion relegation in the NRL. Yeah, I don't yeah, think it would agreed. fit in the NRL. Um, yeah, I don't see it working at all. Um, so, yeah, I don't see it ever coming there. But on that note, we will wrap it up. We've, we've, been, we've been talking quite a bit. Um, yes. We won't be able to vent about the Warriors as much next week because the Warriors aren't involved uh, in the competition anymore, but I'm sure they'll still pop up in the news. So there'll be still some Warriors talk, I am sure. But anything else you want to add before we sign off, Richie? Uh, just thanks to all the viewers and thanks to the man behind the scenes throwing up all the thug lifes uh, for his hard work. Thanks, Paul. <laughs> yes, See thank you guys you next week. Yeah, so ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in and joining us tonight on the standoff of Brad and Richie. For your weekly update on Rugby League, tune into our show next week at 8pm on Facebook or go onto iHeartRadio and search for New Zealand Sport at your convenience. Um, thank you everyone and good night. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Yeah. <laughs>